0: Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. Hey everybody, it's David Nagel. I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Successful Mind Podcast. You know, in Think and Grow Rich, in Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich, there is uh, a little a little thing that he says about success. And he, said, he says in this book that when a person starts at the bottom, kind of the way that we have been all trained, we have to start to the bottom and work our way to the top. He said, actually, that does not work for a person who wants to be really successful because they never are able to lift their head high enough in order to be seen by success. And I remember when I first read that book, and, and man, I'm telling you, I think it was probably in the late 80s. It was probably around 1988 uh, that I first came across that book. And I didn't understand any of it. Like that entire book was like Greek to me. Um, and it took time for me to go back and forth between you know applying some of the knowledge and experiencing it and what the results were in order to really kind of start to under, understand exactly how powerful that book was but in this one little in this one little spot where he talks about not starting at the bottom and he says you you won't be seen by success i i wondered for quite some time what exactly was meant by that and then when i figured it out when i really understood what he was talking about there i thought it was a pretty astounding uh, sense of sense of logic, or or piece of advice, if you will. Because here's here's basically the idea: if a person wants to do something extraordinary, they're going to need help. There's absolutely no question about it. They're absolutely going to need help, and they're going to need help mostly from other extraordinary people. But extraordinary people are not spending their time really looking, searching the landscape. For individuals that, do, that don't have the ability to really kind of like um, uh, commit contribute, right? It's a it it's it's interesting because it doesn't mean that a person doesn't have ability an ability to contribute at all. It just means that they don't have the ability to contribute on a higher level. So what Hill is saying is that you're never gonna if you're starting at the bottom, the people that you need to help you get to the top. They're not looking for people at the bottom. They're looking for people that can contribute to their lives and businesses or or endeavor whatever it might be, but can actually contribute something of value. And when we're starting completely at the bottom, where we haven't really developed or cultivated our value yet, it's not a it's not a match mix. Like it, it, the person just doesn't doesn't see that the person that's at the bottom. They're not looking for that individual. So when he says, you never lift your head high enough to be seen by success, this is exactly what he's talking about. That the people that you need to meet, you know, influencers, mentors, coaches, um, people that maybe want to sit on your board, anybody that can help promote you, anybody that can help give you advice, they're not looking to help those people at the bottom. They're looking to help people that are further along in their journey and can also contribute back to some degree to them. Now there's always the 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 odd individual that will come out and he'll they'll help somebody that maybe is at the bottom, but usually it's not a mentor relationship to the extent where they're going to help them get all the way to the top. Usually a mentor will come in and see somebody at the bottom and kind of help coach them a little bit on how do we just get off the bottom floor and start to move up. But what was interesting about Uh, understanding the logic behind this was the difference between pushing for success, which is something that if you think about it, it's really kind of the ideology behind the success that we're taught. And that is hard work, achievement, push, commitment, willpower. It's all the things um, that, that are kind of in the ideology of success, but What's fascinating about it is that generally those principles, those values are found more in the working class and the middle class because those people need to work like that in order to keep their jobs. They're constantly competing against a couple different things. One one of the things that they're competing against is the advancement of technology. But the other thing that they're competing against is other people coming up the ranks that want to knock them out of their position so that they can actually take that job. So that's where the whole dog-eat-dog world comes from, and you've got to fight to keep it. When a person is moving into a different ideology for themselves, they move into this place where you have to consider contribution. Because any business, any endeavor, really what we're doing is we're we're attempting to add to mankind in some way. We're bringing value, we're bringing service, uh, we're bringing ability, um, where we're trying to make people's lives better or easier or more efficient, you know, in many different ways. This individual that has that thought, I'm going to go out and start a business, I'm going to be an entrepreneur, that person is thinking above the first floor of success. They're thinking above survival. They're looking for a way to contribute more. Now, the moment that you do that, I think you're starting off the bottom floor. But the key is, is that if you bring your strategy, your your work ethic, everything that you're doing to the bottom floor, I wouldn't say it's impossible to get off of there. But it's highly probable that you won't. Anybody that I've ever seen start directly at the bottom, usually what's happens is that at some point in their mind, one of two things happens. They either give up because they're like, screw, screw this, and I'm killing myself here. You know, yeah, maybe I have a dream, but I'm not getting anywhere. And they're also not getting the advice as to what they're not doing correctly that would kind of catapult them or give them a bit of a quantum leap so they really stay stuck in that bottom. And The other thing would be that they realize it and they begin to make a change. Now, when a person begins to make a change and they're at that level, they have to seek out something that is actually beyond where they are. Um, And I will say that the average person doesn't do that because it's so uncomfortable. I'm not talking about going from floor number one to floor number two and then you struggle at floor number two for a while. Then you go to floor number three. And then you struggle there for a while and you go to floor number four. I'm talking about going from floor one or two up to ten. And then from there, you you start going beyond. But here's what happens when a person all of a sudden becomes awakened to the idea that they're not going to get there through sheer hard work alone. And by the way, Napoleon Hill talks about this endlessly, in Think and Grow Rich. And the reason that I'm referencing this book is because really it's kind of the original self-help book. It's the original professional development book between him being commissioned by Andrew Carnegie to interview 500 of the world's most successful people and kind of condense down their methodology and their ideology into a text that could then be brought to the world so that any man or woman could pick it up and learn and be like, okay, here's what I need to do to to be successful. There really wasn't anything that addressed success from that perspective until he actually published Think and Grow Rich in 1938. So what is it then that happens that allows some people to make this rapid advancement and other people don't? Let me tell you what happened with me that caused an enormous shift. And I honestly believe this is one of those things where, if this, if I had not stepped into this, I'm pretty certain I wouldn't be where I am today. And I'll explain why. So I had a I had a, a pretty interesting self awareness shift happen back in the very early 90s, where I changed my attitude and I made what I would consider a quantum leap for that time. I meant I went from like floor one to like floor three. And it was that was distinctive because I wasn't just at I wasn't just at floor one most of the time. I was usually in the basement. Okay, like I was going backwards. I, I was at floor one at one point, and then I made decisions that were terrible, and I ended up in the damn basement. Like I'm going subterranean with this motherfucker. I'm telling you, my success was going down. It was not going up. And when I made this change it got me back up to the to the base floors and all the change was was the attitude but the significant part was i had to change how i was approaching everything that i was doing and i think that allowed me to start to be seen by people that were a little bit more successful than me now here's the thing i'm not talking a lot of su- more successful than me i'm talking about people that could get me off of that basement floor that ground floor and get me making some money where I actually could survive and I'm not worried about where our next meal is going to come from and I actually had a little bit of opportunity in front in front of me and if I used my cards wisely I could expand upon that so that's basically where my change in my attitude got me it just got me it just got me off the ground the ground floor just a little bit So then I went on a period of study for seven years, and I'm studying, studying, studying. And during that time, my life was getting better, but my income really wasn't growing. And my advancement for opportunity was not growing. I had the ability to advance only so far in the company that I worked for, and that was it. Another significant trap was that the industry that I was in, what I was learning yes, the skill sets in order to learn it crossed over, but the, but the ideology, the, uh, uh, the information that I was learning, it really didn't cross over into much of anything else. I learned how to develop discipline. I learned how to negotiate. I learned how to sell a little bit. Um, I learned how to work hard. I learned how to advance within the ranks of a corporation. But from, a, from an educational perspective, I was not gaining any knowledge that was gonna be useful anywhere else. And I recognized this early on, so that's one of the reasons why I began to study. Like, I need to learn something different. Now, here's the significant part of this. This period of time in which I was studying to better myself, just to get myself to the place where I could present myself to something further, took seven years. It was a seven-year journey. Now you might think to yourself, well does it have to take that long? Well, I want you to consider where I was. I was uneducated, I was extraordinarily immature, I had no self-discipline to really to speak of. Um the my emotional mindset was 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 volatile right volatile in the sense that anything could set me off i was triggered by every damn thing that moved you know it was either happy or depressed or angry or excited like i was like a ping pong ball going all over the place but it was really being controlled by my outside world so what did what did that do for anybody that i'm working for they're recognizing me as not being an emotionally mature, stable individual, right? And rightfully so, because I was not. So that created a problem. But this seven years was like a re-education. It's probably what I should have received in my childhood had had I had parents that understood this and really helped me develop, but I didn't. So I had to do it myself. And in a seven-year period of time, I took myself to, to the place where I was confident and competent enough to be actually be able to go out and start something on my own, which, and and folks, this, I'm telling you, when I started on my own, I had to, then it was a whole new journey. I had to learn everything new. I knew basically nothing. But here's what helped me advance rapidly, because once I started on my own, not only did my income go up, drastically and ra- like I went, I went basically from, from, from 60,000 a year, 50, 60,000 a year to over a million in a short period of time. The previous seven years to that was roughly going somewhere between say 50,000 and 62,000, maybe as high as 65, but it's, it varied within that time frame. So there was not a whole lot of growth there financially. The growth was all was all personal and and my own professional understanding. But what happened was, was that I met my mentor. And when I realized that I wanted to be coached by this person, he said to me, what do you want? And I said, well, I want to be a millionaire. And, and the reason that I said this was because I was at that stage of development, like most people get to, where they think money is going to solve all of their problems. Now, here's the truth. A lot of the problems that I was working with were, were direct results of me making not a lot of money. Prior to my seven-year journey, I was on food stamps, and lived in a bad neighborhood, had my car repossessed, filed bankruptcy, didn't couldn't even do a lawyer, had to do it pro bono, had to go do the whole thing myself, figure out how to do that. I mean, it was it was a wreck. So rightfully so at that stage of my development, I would think money is actually going to solve the problem. But here's the truth money is never the problem. It's absolutely not the problem. I thought it was the problem because that was what my experience at the time was. So when somebody said to me, What do you want? My first set of growth that I went through, I wanted to go from 40, I wanted to go from 20,000 to 40. I landed at 62. Did that solve problems? It did, but it created a whole host of other problems because it was not solving the core issue which was I was not developed enough in my own personal being or in my education to be val- to be any more valuable than that ever in my life if I didn't actually do something. So when my mentor asked me that, I said a million. And the thing was, was that I thought in my mind, great, now he's going to tell me step by step what to do in order to become a millionaire. And to my horror, that's not what he told me. That is not what he started teaching me. The first thing that he started to ask me to do was to spend more money, which really kind of put me in a little bit of shock. I went, not only did I go into shock, I went in anger and resentment really quick because I'm like, I just spent all this money. How is it that I now have to spend more money to get the thing that I thought that I was buying in the first place? And he sensed this in the conversation that I was having. And basically he said to me, listen, you want to be a millionaire, you have to learn to think like a millionaire. Not only that, you have to learn to treat yourself like a millionaire. You need to learn like how to behave like a millionaire, and you don't know how to do that. So what he started doing was he immediately raised my standard for which I was living. Now, I'll say this as a a caveat to anybody that's listening to this. If you decide to follow the model that I did, you have to understand, you must be willing to do the work that is required to pay for the things that you're spending money on. You have to be able to bring in that money somewhere. So my the basically I I was I was told I had to ride in the front of the plane and the back of the car. So it was first class travel everywhere that I went. I'm the guy that was spending 100 200 bucks on coach tickets you know, and packing cheese and crackers in my bag so that I didn't have to eat, you know, outside of myself whenever whenever I possibly could so I could save every bit of money that I possibly uh, uh, could do. And here I am, he's not telling me to take one step up. He's telling me to take the elevator to the top floor of the first building. And I'm like, I can't, how am I going to do this? So I started off by having to take out credit in order to be able to pay for what I was going to do. So I already did that in order to pay for my coaching, but then I had to do it to pay for how he wanted me to travel, and I had to go to the seminars that he was teaching, which was, and pay my own way. It wasn't free. I had to pay my own way. But what he was teaching me was something very, very different because instead of me pushing to get myself to success, He was taking something that I wanted, making me very aware of it, putting it way out in front of me, and allowing me to be energetically pulled into it, because these were all the things that I actually wanted in life. I wanted to be able to do the things that he was telling me to do. My problem, like most people, was I thought I had to earn the money first to pay for it. And that was not it. I had to make the decision that I was going to be that way in my life. And then the way to pay for it would show up. Now, even though I took out a loan at first to be able to do that, I quickly realized that when that money ran out, I was right back in the same situation. So I had to think entirely out of the box to figure out how do I go to the next level here, which is, how do I get myself to be able to pay for this? I was working a job. I hadn't started my own business yet. And that was only part of what it was that I was learning. But the key based on the lesson that I'm sharing with you today is that instead of just taking one step or two step, instead of saying, okay, well, if you wanna earn a million, the first thing we have to do is come up with a plan. We have to have an idea. We have to have a product or service. Then we have to create a business plan. Then we have to get financing. Or, or then we have to take out a loan. Like, we have to construct it. What are you going to do? How are you going to sell? Do you know how to market? Do you know how to copyright? You have to learn these things. I did not know how to do any of those things. I started with what is the desire to be a millionaire. And as soon as I started to actually behave that way, what changed in my mind was a radical shift in thinking which was I elevated my thought process to the level of somebody that was earning the kind of money to live the way that he was telling me that I needed to live. So instead of thinking to myself, where do I come up with financing? I was dealing with with much different problems. My, my thought process was elevated into I, I need to start this business. And what do I need to do to, to start this business? Not what do I need to do to make the business run? That came later. It was this decision to start the business first. But every ever since then, my process has been create the vision, put it out there, and then begin to behave as if that vision is reality and allow yourself to be pulled into it versus pushing to go up or pushing against it in order to succeed the big difference is number one there's an excitement factor to it it's it's a it's exhilarating it's exciting you wake up every day and you're 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 literally immediately stepping into your dream you're not waiting 20 years to live your dream you're stepping into it immediately although there may be benefits that come 20 years as the dream matures you're stepping into it now. It also works with the idea that most people experience so much failure over and over and over and over and over again right at the beginning of their business that it starts to change their desire. It it changes the way that they're actually thinking about what they want and they start to get to the place where they're like, Man, I don't know if this is worth it, you know, like I'm working like crazy, I'm not making any money. Every bit of money that I make comes into paying someone else or paying taxes or you know, I can't afford to do this. And and there what they do is they start a business on a on a budget, but it's not a successful budget, right? And, and I'm also talking about people that generally don't have any kind of funding going into a business. They're bootstrapping it, you know, right from the get-go. In other words, they have to make sales in order to pay for what they want. But see, that was the next step in this, because the whole idea was, how much do you really want to make? and start with that number instead of starting with the number of what do I need just to get by? What do I need to survive? What do I need right now to pay the bills? This is what allowed me to go up and over a million very rapidly because I started with a much bigger number. And because I started with a much bigger number, I ended up with a much bigger result much faster. Whatever number you start with, You're going to have to learn the process that gets you there, which means you're going to have to stretch. You're going to have to grow. You're going to have to learn. You're going to have to repeat so that you can build the skill set. You're going to have little failures that you have to correct and you keep moving forward. It's really no different if you start with something small that you don't know or something big that you don't know, right? You're going to go through the same process. The difference is where you land. If I go through all of that struggle to get something really small, I get to something really small, I'm generally exhausted when I get there, and the word that I hear from so many people that do it this way is they're disappointed. They become completely disappointed. But when you do it and you have the big win, not only is it exhilarating, but it does something to you inside. It begins to change your self-esteem. You begin to be inspired. You're enthusiastic. You've watched yourself do something and have a much different result. The whole time, the energy that's going on inside of yourself is fantastic, because you're you're already winning in your dream. Um, when I made my first when I made my first change and I went from twenty to sixty two thousand. I was ecstatic. You'd have thought I won a $500 million lottery. And that's what it felt like to me because I was just struggling to try to get to 40. And I couldn't get there and I couldn't get there and I couldn't get there and I couldn't get there. But when I changed the idea to be pulled into something that I wanted and then started behaving as if that was the fact, I started solving a whole different set of problems. All we ever do is problem solve. Like all business is nothing but solving problems. The more you solve those problems and for more people that you solve those problems and at the, at the, at the a quantity or quality you solve them, you end up with a higher amount of money because your value goes up you're seen by that success much more than you would be if you actually started at the bottom. And it's such a struggle to get out of that starting place in the beginning that we're literally getting beat down over and over and over again. And, and you know, I mean, if you if you come from just the principal aspect of it, what you're really doing is having to, like, keep going in and what's my desire? What's my desire? What's my desire? And, Am I committed enough? And I'm fighting and I'm fighting and I'm fighting and I'm fighting, and I'm fighting every day. And I, and, and and as I do this podcast, there are people out there that are making millions of dollars writing books and speaking all over the place that tell people to do it this way. The chances of you succeeding doing it this way are slim and none. And I don't believe it has anything to do with the character of a person. If you give somebody a shitty plan... And they do that plan over and over again. What is it going to do to their self-esteem? What is it going to do for their belief, for their faith? It's just going to reinforce that they can't do it. There needs to be some positive feedback that a person can. Now, Individuals can stand on their need to be right about this all day long and say, well, it builds character and they don't deserve it or whatever. No, it's that you believe that there's only one way to success and it's absolutely not true. A person can completely change it the way that they think and have just as much success with just as much value and they don't need to start at the bottom. Another part of the problem with starting at the bottom is you don't think you have anything. And because your experience says you don't have anything, you behave as if you don't have anything. And actually, there's a treasure all around you, but you just can't see it because you're not being pulled into having to do anything more than just survive. I believe in being pulled into success in a way where it elevates the way that we think in a a magnificent way, but we also get a bigger result because we think bigger. Uh, I think it was Schwartz, I think it was David Schwartz that wrote The Magic of Thinking Big. There is a magic of thinking big. The bigger you think, you're using the same problem-solving deal going on in your mind, but the reward is so much greater. And it's not just a selfish reward, so don't think that. You're being rewarded for something magnificent that you're helping somebody else do as well as benefiting yourself. It's a a win-win on both sides there's a tremendous amount of people out there that that do it the other way where they're providing tremendous value for other people. But because they don't know how to think big in their own personal structure, they're depleted as hell. Like they're exhausted. They're sick. They're working seven days a week, 18, 20 hours a day. And, and there, it's this whole story of, you know, uh, like, well, my father had to walk uphill both ways to school in the snow with no shoes like there's is there supposed to be some kind of merit to the suffering? like, what the fuck it it's insanity. As long as people teach it that way, there'll be people that think they have to do it that way. And but it doesn't have to be done that way. Yes, we need to work hard. Yes, we need to overcome problems. Yes, we need to build character and all of that stuff. But there's nothing wrong with getting a good reinforcement along the way and jump starting yourself to the way that you want to go. And for those of you that might have an idea that that's cheating in your mind, realize somebody probably put a value in your mind that you had to suffer and work hard and struggle your whole life, then that was the only way there was any merit to anything that you that you did. And that is a lie from the pit of hell find something that you want more than anything, put that out in front of you and start figuring out how do I, if I today could start doing that thing, what would have to happen for me to do it and allow yourself to break the rules, not the laws, but break the rules in order to get the success that you want. And you'll literally find yourself pulled into success. In Think and Grow Rich, Hill says, he said, when, when somebody, Uh, really becomes rich, when money really starts to flow, they'll wonder where it was hiding in all the lean years. He said they're literally swept into success and they never submit to failure again. Why? Because they've had such a contrasting experience in their life that why would you ever go back and struggle? You've learned something. You've learned one of the magical secrets. It's not a secret at all. It's just the the idea of, I don't need to start at the bottom to be successful. And instead of pushing a ball uphill my whole life, I can literally be pulled into everything that I'm here to do. Remember, everybody has a purpose. Everybody has a purpose. All life has a purpose. And all life, except for human beings, are pulled into that. They don't push. They're pulled into it. All right. I hope you find a lot of value in this. Make it a great day. And we'll see you on the next Successful Mind Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, Go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.